podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to Club Deck Corner here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. Another week of Rangers and rumours all finished off by Roof at Hamden. I am Scott Carney and joining me is Ali Pearson, first of all. How are you, mate? Very well. Looking forward to talking the Rangers. and We have two games this week as well, Kilmarnock and St Johnson on Saturday too, so looking forward to it. Yeah. Scotia, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, as Ali says, it's one of these rare weeks that we're going to have um, in these last few months of the season, where we actually do have three games in a week, which is it's good to see because it keeps you going, keeps you ticking all over and not lingering on past performances and things. That's true. Um, and Ryan, how's it going, mate? You are very much like me, mate. You were taken down at the weekend. Um, we were in the first aid tent, mate, along with Holander and everybody else at Rangers that's injured. Um, how are you feeling now, mate? Yeah, they're saying six to ten days for me, mate, and I should be back to full <laughs> fitness. Um, I <clears throat> unfortunately missed the game on Sunday. I guess spoke to you on Friday night, and I'd had a bit of a, quote, a bit of a bug. It got worse on Saturday morning. I took my son to his football on Saturday morning, and then as soon as I get back, I was in my bed the full weekend. So I had to sell my ticket on Sunday. Unfortunately, it takes a lot for me to miss the game, as did you, mate. So yes, the A team get taken down. A horrible bug. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, I, pretty much after we went finished live on Friday, um, about an hour after that, I just went rapidly downhill. Uh, so I ended up all, all day in my bed Saturday, all day in my bed on Sunday, got out of my bed last night about, about half four, and I'm on antibiotics now, which seem to have been doing the trick because I do feel I'm much better today. And the difference in me compared to now to the way I was on Saturday is night and day. It really is. <clears throat> but the... Um, yeah, I had, to, I had to give up my ticket for Sunday and that's, that was a real sore one to do. I don't like doing that. I don't like going to Hamden, but I still don't like to... No, I couldn't have went. I just physically couldn't. I couldn't get out of my bed. It was impossible. So the fevers, the chills, the everythings, man, it was it was horrific. Honestly horrific. But I'm, I'm back now and plus nobody's really here to hear about how I'm feeling. Um, before we get into things, just a shameless plug as always. Please subscribe to the channel and like the video. Also leave your comments in the... the comments box below uh, with your opinions on the stuff we'll discuss tonight uh, additionally if you'd like to go a step further to support the podcast you can join the YouTube channel by becoming a member for as little as 99p a month uh, you can also buy the podcast a coffee and join the coffee buying legend membership via buymeacoffee.com all the links for that are in the description for this podcast now gentlemen we'll move on to Rangers things as that's what we're here to, to, to discuss and we will start with the, the 2-1-1 over Aberdeen at Hamden. So 2-1 after extra time against 10 men Aberdeen. Eh, less than a classic or a, a, a top-class performance. I think that's the, to, that's, that's saying the least. Um, but we are in the final and that really is all that matters. Um, Ryan, I'll come to you first, mate. Obviously, we weren't there, so I'll, I'll go back to Ali and Scotia regarding this. But the pitch, mate, now, i seen I seen... 
about 10 minutes, if I'm being honest, when I came downstairs to get water. Uh, I seen about 10 minutes of the Celtic game uh, and I could see the pitch already looking like a, a ploughed field, let's be honest. Uh, and I thought, well, we need to play football on that tomorrow. Uh, didn't pay too much more attention to it and went to my bed. But yeah, when you seen the pitch, the state of the pitch, mate, it was... Less than ideal. Um, Bill's made the joke in the presser today as well that the plastic pitch on Wednesday will be better than what we had to play on um, at Hamden um, on on Sunday. Um, it's it's not difficult for the SFA or whoever runs as the SPFL, whoever it is that runs the cup, to think of an alternative to this. Just for me, uh, right, go against Scotia because I know he's a big uh, Scotland fan, but it just it fits Hamden. The stadium is a total cowp and the pitch is a cowp as well. It's just amateur hour from them, how that pitch can be in that condition. I get there's been a few points, people saying that two, the two semi-finals could have been played apart, a bit further apart from each other to allow a bit of maintenance in between. I don't know if that would be the case in terms of fixtures for the both of them. Also, to be some sort of advertisement, where is it via play, you call them? Is that the yeah. late sponsor? Always been a Coca-Cola cup for me, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess via play now, I'm sure they've got some sort of agreement. It has to be in the same weekend, which I get. However, that I just don't get how the pitch can be in such a bad condition. Have they not covered it? Do they not see the forecast? I'm not... Obviously not ground staff, that's not what I do in my day-to-day job. But when I seen it, I watched the full Celtic game on Saturday. I was lying, obviously, in bed all day and I needed something to watch. And the pitch was in a total state and I thought that would be interesting tomorrow. And um, then I saw a picture in the morning, somebody, I don't know who it was, it wasn't SFA, it was someone was bragging about how good the pitch looked on Sunday morning. And I thought, they've that's a patch job. They've been forking that pitch all night to make that look presentable as soon as the players run on that I'll just dig all the turf up and yeah that's exactly what happened it came into fruition and it's a disgrace here pitch for a national stadium and it is something even though I'm not an international fan Hamden is something that Scotland should be proud of because it's an iconic stadium and a lot of iconic matches have happened there and for me I think it's a more famous stadium than, than Wembley but what it's just such a letdown and it, it's a reflection of who's running running Scottish football as a whole and yeah we can't blame the pitch for how we played because the other team have to play on it as well but it's for a semi-final for a showcase that Scotland should be proud of embarrassing yeah Ali you were there you've seen it with your own eyes mate um, to be fair it lasted 10 minutes I think really in the first half and then after that it just became an absolute disaster um, you could just see the bobbles of the ball and um, it really didn't help um, it didn't help matters, but this should be something that Scottish football was celebrating, um, a, a semi-final of a cup. It's something that a lot of people that maybe don't watch Scottish football would probably tune in to watch because they're like, oh, it's a cup final. It's a semi-final. We'll, I'll stick it on to watch it. Um, I get what Ryan's saying that it has to be played in the same weekend. Surely there is, a, there is scope for it not to be played at the same location, though. <laughs> This isn't. I mean, this has happened before with this pitch. This is. This isn't new. It's. Uh, I thought it was an embarrassment to to the English English media, English fans that would have watched that over the weekend, and they, they think of us as a bit of a tin tin pot league up here. They would have looked at that and went, "Christ, is that your 
your showcase there, and it was it was embarrassing. I actually felt for players like Ryan Kent at the weekend, ball players, because you can't play his game. Um, you obviously have come on to the players and that, but it was it it was an all right game, but it, it the pitch ruined it because you couldn't play football on it. But we, we knew this as we, as we arrived there on Sunday because of the Celtic um, Kilmarnock game previously that the pitch was horrific there, the weather wasn't great, but. They'll need to look at it going forward, and when we play the final in six weeks' time, yeah. So it, it, it has to be like a bowling green for, for the final because it was completely unacceptable, and I really felt for genuine football players in terms of our team and Aberdeen's team as well. You couldn't play football on it. Yeah, Scotia Hamden's your home away from home away from home. I think that's right. Is that what, so Ibrooks and then it would be Hamden, yeah. So um, de- defend, defend it, mate. Can you defend it, really? <laughs> no, I honestly don't think I can. Um, I seen the B- seen on the BBC today that the SFA and SPFL have come out and saying that they're going to be looking at things in terms of Hamden because obviously what Queens Park left last season was it or the season before yeah, they stopped playing before, there I regularly. Think. I think they were. Playing over, they were playing up at Stenhouse Muir until um, Lesser Hamden was kind of available for them. But obviously they're not there playing every other week now. So how how good's the levelly groundkeeping during that when the games aren't on? Because really you've probably got about what six or seven Scotland games a season, plus your League Cup semi final final and your your Scottish Cup semi final final. So there's not that many games getting played on it. Obviously it gets put out to concerts and stuff like that um, when they. Here, but that's usually in the off season, so I don't know how great the the groundskeeping is. Given that they don't need to, they might feel that they don't need to keep it up to scratch because it's not getting played on regularly. But it was it was embarrassing. After I mean, you mentioned there, after about ten or fifteen minutes, the pitch started cutting up, cutting up, and that's when Rangers Kenny fell out the game because I thought we started well in those ten yeah. fifteen minutes, and it was probably coincided with the pitch cutting up when we sort of started to lose our way in that first half a wee bit. But no, it's it's not great. The time of the year that it's in as well, because obviously this has kind of been impacted by with the, the World Cup being on when it was um, last year. Because um, obviously we're now at this, the last few seasons we've been at the stage where the League Cup finals played before Christmas these days. So um, you know, usually we'd actually just be getting back to the swing of things after the winter break right about now. It doesn't help. I mean, but that the same, we can get the exact same weather that we get this weekend we could have got that in November, and it would have yeah. still been still been as bad. Um, it's it's not great. It's it's not a great look. It's Hamden. There's an awful lot of issues with Hamden itself, and not many people like it as a stadium. There's a few select areas where you got a seat, and it's it's decent. Whereas if you're in one of the areas behind the goal, is there any, there's not a point going along to the game because an awful lot of the time you can't see what's happening up the other end of the pitch. But um, no, it's Hamden, Hamden's needed to have something to done to it for a while, even when they were doing that redevelopment back in, what, 96, 97, I think that was when they, they kind of closed it down and done the redevelopment. They kind of balls that up, to be honest, for me. They, they made it worse. I was lucky enough I got to go to, not the proper old Hamden, but the Hamden before the redevelopment. I managed to get to a couple of yeah. games there before it. And it, again, even being younger, it was an awful lot better. That's not even taking into consideration you're going a wee bit along the games a wee bit more ecstatic and stuff when you're a bit younger. But um, now Hamden's is slowly falling, falling downhill and not fit for purpose for what it, it, it should be. 
No, it does sum up Scottish football, really. And you're spot on, mate. This was this all stems from when the redevelopment happened. It was the wrong thing that they they chose to do. It's the wrong shape. Do you know what I mean? It's like it shouldn't be that shape <laughs> for a football stadium. It's, like it's, it's the, do you know what I mean? They kept in the running track, so that was a big thing in Scotland. Was the running track roundabout pitches for the Commonwealth the Games, wasn't it? No, it was that was just a typical thing in Scottish football stadiums that you would have a round track. They would do like motocross and stuff around the pitch when it wasn't oh, right, okay. like the other days. Right. So that's something that happened like back in the seventies and eighties and stuff. And I think they kind of kept that idea going. It's but there's no need for that massive gap behind the goals. No. There just isn't. No, there just isn't. I don't know one person, not one person has ever said to me that they enjoy going to Hamden. I, honestly, not one person has said, oh, I'd, I'd really love Hamden. Um, anyway, we'll move on. That wasn't really about Rangers, but we will move on. The performance overall. Um, thoughts on it? Uh, again, I'll come back to you because I know you've done the post-match, Ali and Scotia. I appreciate it. Um, I managed to piece that together with one eye open lying in my bed trying to get it trying to get it uploaded so people had something to listen to because obviously we were we were two men down. Um Ryan, the conceded goal. Um now I know who you fly at me. I am well aware of this. That it's just a I can't think of a better phrase and I apologize for my language here. It's just an absolute clusterfuck. It's a Rangers goal to concede. As a Rangers goal to concede, um, listen, I don't want to go at individuals, but collectively I've said numerous times in this podcast, if we keep backing these players, you'll have moments like that, it'll keep coming round. Yes, they might put a cross in on Wednesday that sets up a goal, or yes, they might score a goal against Dundee United at home, or score a couple of goals against Dundee United at home. These big moments will continue to come round again. And they will. We're in a circle. We're in a loop. These players and that player who I think everybody knows, it's no secret, I don't rate him as a footballer for Rangers. He will continue to have those big moments. He will because it's just not in his locker. And we need somebody who has that in their locker and doesn't switch off and doesn't stand putting their hand up for offside. Although the centre-half doesn't cover himself in much glory either, I think he clearly sees that but Bourne is sleeping. He sees he's sleeping and he's had a sh- he's had a shout at him to switch on and he starts running after the man. But then he leaves his man in the middle. He leaves yeah, the goal scorer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, which I don't get. You've, you've got one job to do. You've, you've gave him the shout. You now mark your man and we're, we're covered. You know that the boy's going to get the cross in because Bourne is not great at stopping crosses and he's lost the legs on the boy. So <laughs> I, I'm willing to just kind of give up on the crosses coming in just do your job and, and mark the boy and then clear it. It was just, as you say, a cluster, you know what, it was just a calamity and what we do and it all comes from, again, your application and, and what you're doing in the game, what your mental state is, it's not good enough and, and we'll get caught again. It will come again if we keep playing those type of, those players that let us down in big moments and I know we'll go into the game in a bit more depth but I had the fear when that goal went in. Yeah, it wasn't particularly nice. It didn't do anything to cheer me up, to be honest, mate. Um, that the the, the 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 thing you called out about Ben Davies is spot on, mate. Because that's why. Look, I am not saying that Borna Barisic gets away with anything here. I, I, it's it's unacceptable what he does here. There is there's absolutely no excuse for it that I like. 
play the whistle cliche, yes, I get all that, but even at that, take that away from it. You don't just stand there and wave your hand about like you've got VAR now. You know, you know that if yeah. he's offside, the linesman isn't putting his flag up straight away. Don't stop your job. Uh, but Davies, uh, for whatever reason, he calls Barish, which is on the chase back. Okay, right, he's got to be thinking, as you say, the cross is coming in. I need to, I need to make sure wherever he is, I get to the ball before he does. And he just loses his man, and all of a sudden, it's like, it's like, I don't know, just watching something in slow motion unfold before your eyes. And the Aye. way that he scored it, Alan McGregor's done in there is good as a wet paper bag, and I'm like, I, <laughs> I can't it's believe you're going down. It's what we've said, like we've all said this in the pod, for, for so many goals that we've conceded this year, is accountability. So many goals we've, we've said, we've all criticised individual players or collectively as a team, we've all criticised them at one point and said there just seems to be this lack of accountability. And unfortunately, Borna Barris has just got a catalogue of this now, yeah. in my opinion. And, but, but to flip this on, just to show that I'm not picking on Borna because I'm not, Tavernier did it against Aberdeen at home as well, where he stood in the box and put his hand up while I think it was Duke dribbled in and out of him and Leon King and put the ball in the back of the net. And it's just it's this lack of accountability with the defenders that, that worries me with them and it makes them look so vulnerable at times. Yeah, it does. Um Ali, we are coming back from being a goal down and again this is where I can have my negativity bit about um, and my, my goal at the team for the way they considered that first call which they rightly deserve uh, and we did fall out with the, the play a little bit as down to the pitch yes as well but still I still think there's problems that run within this team I think we spoke about it till we're blue in the face mate um, but you've got to give credit where it's due I suppose because we did come back from a goal down and we did win the game 2-1 I mean, I don't know how much more this team need to do in order to give themselves a massive confidence boost. Yeah, we've played Aberdeen was it three times or something this season and gave them a goal of a start every time. So that's what we do. We were kind of we were warned by that boy Miofsky, whatever it's called, earlier on a slip ball, and he put it in the back of the net, and he was he was just some finished so, that by the way. Great, great, great. The guy got trying to be getting beat there, but I don't think no. he's going to do that, to be fair. But no. it was some finish, so we were warned. But yeah, you, you can't dismiss the, the character of this Rangers team under Beal at the moment because we, we have come back in quite a few games. <laughs> Ideally, you don't want to go one down, especially against teams like Aberdeen on a ploughed field as well because you yeah. can't play football. So I thought they showed character. I thought they came out the second half Rangers and I, I thought they played well. I thought... Your man, Scotia's man, sorry, because I said that to Scotia on um, on Sunday. And he went, oh, it's my man as well. Ryan Jack, I thought, drove that Rangers team to that win. I really did. I, I thought he was brilliant. And for the for the equalising goal, fantastic goal. Ryan Kent as well, again, trying and trying and trying on a ploughed field. I thought he was very good again. But, yeah, you've got, you've got to give him credit, Rangers, because it's shown character to come back and... Uh, Ultimately, end of the day, it's just to get through. It doesn't matter how you get through it. The final, you just want to be there, and they did it, Rangers. Yeah, obviously, it was. We were helped by a ludicrous decision from the Aberdeen captain to decide to try and 
split Sakala in two. Generally, I'm baffled at what he's thinking or what he's even trying to do. It's a ridiculous tackle. It's a red card all day long. Um, a bonkers decision. I don't honestly. It's one of the ones that he'll look back on and go, "What was I doing there? Why did I even attempt that?" Um, and I was then we were then witness to well, me and Ryan would have been because we watched it in our uh, in our sick beds. Uh, Michael Stewart somehow saying that it wasn't a red card. But it is a red card, and I'm going. I don't. I don't understand. Maybe I was hallucinating at this point as well. I'm looking at him, looking at the telly, going, "Is he saying it is a red card, but it's not a red card at exactly the same time?" That honestly, a muppet of a man, absolute muppet of a man. Um, but yeah, um, we'll move on to VAR scorer. Um, Bill's comment um, was actually pretty good after the game. We didn't use VAR last night, and it didn't work at points tonight. Um, obviously, commenting on the the blatant penalty that um, uh, Kamarnock should have had uh, the night before. But combining the state of that pitch, mate, uh, and the fact that we bought VAR from a guy's rucksack in a pub, um, this isn't showing Scottish football in the best light. Let's be honest; it's uh, it wasn't a great night for them. No, I mean, the VAR thing, was it the start of the um, extra time? That yeah, they're looking, you know, they're looking yeah. at each other going, where's Walsh going? Because Walsh just kept on running up the tunnel. I'm like, what's going it on was just bef- It was just before Ryan Kent got his baseball bat out and smashed one of the Aberdeen players in the face with it. Uh, it's not great. Not great for us um, for going off like that. And Because and, see if something had happened during that week period where it was down, I think it was down for maybe five or six minutes. Because they, they yeah. announced that it was back on at some point. There was a, a Kenny, one of those Kenny derisory cheers going around the stadium a wee <laughs> bit. But if something had happened in that period that changes the game, be that in our favour, be that in Aberdeen's favour, can you imagine Imagine the fallout from it? It would be be ridiculous. It's not great. We always knew there was going to be teething issues with VAR, but you don't want it to happen in a, again in a Kenny showpiece event at the National Stadium, do you? Um no, not great in VAR. Obviously, VAR didn't really have to come in. I don't really think there was too much that VAR had to do during the game, you know. There was obviously, like Ali mentioned, Miofsky's offside, but even at the time, I thought he was offside. Um, watching it in real time, wasn't overly concerned with that. There was, I can't remember off the top of my head anything else. I've only watched brief highlights back. I've not watched the full game back yet, but no, VAR going off is not great. That red card incident that's you mentioned there with Stuart going about that. I've watched the highlights back of that and see that the way VAR's going and listening to referees describing how they need to implement VAR. I think even if he connects with the ball in that challenge, there's a shout that I've seen, I think it was a St. Mirren or St. Johnson game that I've seen that it was um, we and um, Jason Holt. It won the ball, but he gets sent off for it because he goes into that tackle that with too much force. He goes into the tackle with too much force, even though he wins the ball. And he gets it, the VAR decision goes against him. So when I was watching that back, I was like, even if he Stuart connects with that ball, there's a shout that that can get done for um, dangerous play and getting pulled up by VAR. I think there's there's got to be a wee kind of acknowledgement with us that we uh, don't understand the rules inside out like a referee does. And yeah. you'll complain about it when if you sit and look at it and hear the referee's explanation, which I know they've started to do a wee bit more, which is which is a good thing because it educates us a wee bit more in it rather than us just going off and. And our aunt, but Navarre itself, um, yes, buy, buying stuff second hand after the World Cup's finished. Um, aye, that's the way forward, everybody. 
honestly, this will continue while we the fools that run this game continue to run this game. It is literally as simple as that. But the red card, as I say, I mean, he, he's blatantly trying to do Sakala there a belter. He's trying to hurt him. Um, so yeah, an absolute crazy, crazy decision. Um, Ali, I'll come to you. Um, you mentioned him. Um, Ryan Jack, mate. <laughs> Ryan Jack. He asked us a conundrum, is it, is it not? There's no doubt over the last two games he's been superb and he played... Did he play 120 minutes? Or did he go off? See how good my research is for this podcast? Um, I think he did. I think he played the whole game. If he didn't, then he was on to the second half of the, the extra time, I think. Um, he did, play, sure he did play. He played the full game. The full game. Right, so... His fitness issue is out the window now. He's he's back. He is fit. He's performing extremely well these last two games. He seems to suit the system. Does he get a new contract now? Oh, I think he'll. Uh, yeah, I think he'll give him a year's deal or something, potentially. He's he's that is his performances over the last two games. He's, well, he's been man of the match. Lundstrom again for me. I, he wasn't great again. Lundstrom. I thought his distribution at tight the pitch doesn't help but his distribution and passing at times I thought was dreadful on Sunday Ryan Jack I thought held it together in the middle of the park for us and like I say he drove us but going forward next season what age is Ryan Jack 30 31 or something now um he likes to have leaders as he says in that dressing room Steve Davis probably won't be there does renew our field going forward next season probably not so yeah, I could see him giving him a year's deal, Carney, for next season. If he continues to do that, then why not? Yeah, I think if he continues, doesn't. If his performances do improve, look, and I, Ryan, uh, your namesake, uh, I, I know fine well that I have Ryan Jack tinted glasses, mate. I always will have. It's the way I am. I love the guy, right? But, and I would, I would sign him up literally for the celebration alone. I'd be like, do you want two years? Just literally for running him. Literally two years, not a problem. And then he's Insta post after it. I was like, yes, definitely. More of that. Uh, but, I mean, if he's going to perform to this level, mate, there is no way he, if he can stay fit, and I know that's a caveat, I suppose, is if he can stay fit, and he is fit now, there's nothing, there's obviously nothing holding him back now. Um, hopefully they've got to the root of the problem, whatever that may have been. But if you continue to perform like this, I think Rangers would be silly to not at least offer him another year. I think, I think what my understanding of Jack is, and this is, doesn't come from... I don't have this crazy source inside the eye because I can tell you this is what it is, but it's his recovery. It's not his actual fitness. It's his recovery after games, and I think that's what the issue's been. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't expect him to play tomorrow night. Or, no. yeah, tomorrow night is. Um, I don't expect him to play there, and I'm not just saying that based on the recovery rumour I've heard, but just because of the plastic pitch, just not to risk him on that. Jack, for me, needs to play from now to the end of the season and at that level. I know that's crazy high standards. I know that's very demanding, but that's what I want to see. I think that we need to get see that Ryan Jack for him to earn a new contract and to be worth a new contract. I know he's not on the best money in terms of player salaries at Ibrooks, but that doesn't matter to fans. That for me, that doesn't matter. You just want to see a fit player producing that level of football on the pitch. Ryan Jacks, to, much to his frustration, has not been able to do that. He's broke down on numerous times. He's not been fit or, or struggled with his same recovery. 
But if he can do it, if he can reach those levels, then I don't see it's it's a no brainer. Yeah, you do renew someone last contract. But I think I think that's why there's nothing on the table just now. I think I would imagine those conversations have already been had between Bill and Ryan Jack that you've got from now to the end of the season, then we'll reevaluate things. We all know Ryan Jack would walk over glass to sign a new contract. There's no doubt about it, he loves a club. So it'll be an interesting one to see. I am just I'm not being pessimistic about it. I've just seen this before with Ryan Jack and got my hopes up. And then I've been disappointed because he's just broken down again. So I'm just reserving my judgment a wee bit. And as I'm doing with a couple of the players at the moment, but yeah, if he can perform at the levels that, that he's shown and he continues to do so and play 90 minutes, because he played 90 minutes the week before, did he play 90 minutes at Dundee United? I think he did. I'm sure he did, because I think that was his first 90 minutes. Um, yeah, so I think he did. I'm pretty sure he did. If he can do that on a regular basis, yeah, he gets a new contract. Yeah, Scotia, we obviously, we've had a converse, conversations on here about we need to stop the sentimental feelings for players and stuff, and I'll always have them for Ryan Jack, I get that. But I think if the if the player's performing and the he's staying fit, and it will be a case of he'll know himself he has to stay fit because one more injury that's going to keep him out for a significant period of time will spell the end of him um, for Rangers, no matter how well he was playing before it. I think that would be the end. Uh, I think even him himself would probably know that, but it wouldn't be fair not to not to offer him a new contract if this continues. No, I think so. I'm in agreement with Ryan there in terms of that he's got the rest of this season to kind of keep himself fit and keep his standards up because Ryan Jack does improve our squad be that and his desire to play like he done the last two games that has been him that's driven us forward to do that. But all the things that Ryan Jack will bring off the field as well in terms of getting that any new players coming in. I mean, Beal's come out in the press recently before and said that, you know, he doesn't need the players to play 50, 60 games a season for them. They can be players mm-hmm. that will come in and out of games and Jack would be a valuable asset for that because you see, if you look at your bench and you see that you've got Ryan Jack on the, in the bench, then you're fairly comfortable with that. If Jack's not there, you're then maybe going, oh, right, we're maybe a wee bit light in midfield. How do we change things up? I think Jack's, for me right now, it would be a no-brainer. I would give him another year. Um, I feel like I'm saying this all the time now, but you look at that starting the lineup that we had on um, Sunday there, and there was only two Scottish players there on, in the starting lineup, and it's, it's something that you need to keep in, in mind that you you need to fill your quota of European players up with X amount of homegrown and X amount of Scottish players. Otherwise, you're just using your B team to fill gaps and there'll be players that won't be able to contribute to your European squad. Whereas I think Jack, if he stays injury-free for the rest of the season, he can be have a good contribution for Rangers over the next year or so. So I would have no qualms with getting Ryan Jack signed up on a new deal um, because I think we need that wee bit of consistency. We, do, we have said before, that midfield does need freshened up. I don't yes, see any stinkers. harm in having having Jack in and around there because there's certain games that we need a player like him playing. I can't help my smiling when we're all talking good about Ryan Jack. <laughs> honestly, you can play hear the smile in my uh, in my voice. Um, nah, uh, Kamar Roof, uh, Ryan. Um, <laughs> out for the next two games. At least it was confirmed at the presser today. He's took a sore one in his shoulder. It's not broken, but there's some form of detachment, so he's got to go and see a specialist about it. I see the unluckiest man in football with these injuries. Now, the guys come on and won is the game. So people are like, I get that people are, are kind of clamouring for 
he should be moved on. And to be honest, I'm I am on the fence because you can see what he offers us when he when he plays. He gets you that goal. He gets you the goal that you need. He's in the right place more times than he isn't. Uh, but then just to go down and get injured, I'm pretty sure every single one of us gave a wee sigh when we seen him stay down. Oh, it's it's so frustrating. It's very similar to the feeling when when Jack when Jack drops, you're just like. Here we go oh. again. Like, do we do we need to do this? Can you not just get rid of him? You get frustrated, then you think it's not his fault. And I want to be on record for saying I think I think Kmar Roof's the best striker we've got at the club when he's fit. I think his movement is brilliant. I've said before, I think he's above the Scottish Premier League level, and it's but his injury, how how prone he is to injury, it's why he's here. It's why he's at Scott in Scottish football. I was delighted when he scored the winner because he scored so many important goals for Rangers over the, over the time he's been here. But when he went down and didn't move, I was like, "That's him. That's him out again. This is going to be like a a, a dislocated shoulder or, or something seriously wrong with him here." And yeah, he does look extremely unlucky. Um, it's, I mean, what do you do with a player like that? What do you like? He's on. He'll be on decent money, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? Do you just hope that, or do you do you offer him a contract that's a bit reduced and say, listen, based on performances, we can't give you the same contract you were on, or do you just let him go? Do you, do you pay him off? Do you try and loan him out? I don't know what. I, I, it's such a it's such a calamity for for Bill to deal with because there you go. I reckon if Roof didn't play on Saturday or Sunday, sorry. Do we score the second goal? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's up for debate, but he's such a good player for us and it's he scores in big goals and big moments and I would hate to say we need to get rid of him, but it's, it's getting that stage where you're just... I feel sorry for him. That's what it's like. It's just you feel so sorry for the guy. Yeah, Ali, I felt extremely sorry for him on Sunday. I'm not going to lie. I was like, obviously feeling sorry for myself at the same time, but um, <laughs> I, I felt so sorry for him, mate. I was just like, you couldn't script that. <laughs> Everyone round for me in Scotia were at a dull turn teacher and went, oh, come <laughs> on, honestly, not again. <laughs> um, and Bill's come out in the press and said he's had this injury before on the other shoulder. So this is it's not as if this is a new injury. So he's he's just made a glass come out of it's yeah. And even Bill came out today saying we don't know how long he's come out for next two games. Ah, it could be weeks, it could be months. It's months. Come on, it's come out. If come out back within three weeks, I'll be shocked. Scott, um, Scottish Cup final, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> He probably score the winner. Score the winner. Honestly, that that uh-huh. I wouldn't put it past him because, like Ryan says, he scores big goals. The goal he scored was outstanding. Um, he's a penalty box striker. That's what he's there for. Puts it away brilliantly. I did say to Scotia when it went to extra time. I said, "We need to win this in the thirty. If this goes to penalties, I would fancy Aberdeen." I, I just the way the game was. I thought we had to win it in the thirty. And Kamar Roof was the perfect guy to to do that, and he did it. When he went off, I thought we used all the subs at that point as well. Turn it to Scotia when we used all our subs, and it took us, which seemed like an an eternity to get Charlie McCann on the McCann park on. for some reason. Yeah. Um, but I, Kamar Roof, it's, it's it's unlucky. We have a laugh and a joke about it, but it's sad for the guy, and that's why we've got him because he's unfortunately it's made a glass. 
Yeah, Scotia. Ryan and I watched it in the telly when he was coming off. You could he, he physically screamed in frustration um, while while hold, blatantly holding his arm up. Um, you just it's, you've just you can't help but feel for the guy. But do Rangers continue with that with him? Oh, that's an interesting question, Carney. Um, no, it was it was really frustrating to see him go off because he was down and he was down for a while. And obviously when he went off holding the shoulder, I mean, now like turned to each other, I was like, that looks like it could be a dislocation. So it was good to hear be on the press conference say that it's not a dislocation as such, but there's a small separation. So it's somewhere in between being fully dislocated and not. Um, yeah. And I think like like Ryan was mentioning there about Jack, it's, it's the recovery with Ruth that he always seems to almost be getting back to full fitness and then breaks down a wee bit. So hopefully it is only these two games that he's out for and get back up to speed because it's so frustrating for us as fans, probably more so for Ruth himself, um, that you know he's not able to meet his full potential because I remember it would have been during the sort of first COVID lockdown. I'm sure he was on like Talk Sport or something doing a wee video and he was sitting in his house with his Rangers top on. Was, That's right. Waxing, waxing lyrical about Rangers, saying how much he loved to play here and speaking about watching, like, loving McCoy's and things like that. And I'm like, no, this is a guy that gets it, really wants to contribute to the club and just, unfortunately, injuries have been an issue. Do we persevere with him? Oh. Again, it comes down to this thing about, like, being too sentimental with players because I, I want him to see him succeed at Rangers. I, I really do. But can we, can we afford to? Um, I'll, you'll probably come on to this question as well because we are light up top again, once again, this kind of period of the year where we seem to get a wee bit short up front. Um, it's a difficult one with what he's on contract, what, until the end of next season, I think. End of next, season, yeah. He'll, he'll potentially be in a similar situation to what Ryan Jackson at the moment. That It's just, right, we'll wait and see. We'll hold it out until, you know, can you? And the, you're playing a wee risky game there because what could happen is that he can he'll see through the injury and then come on to an absolute winder of a game and someone will come in for peanuts with him in a pre-contract next January. Um, I, I just hopefully he gets back to full fitness and he can contribute, you know, after these two games are out the way that he can be back in the squad and help help the team out. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's not a long one, but we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But it's, I'm a bit like Ali. If it's, if it's Kamaru, if out with an injury, then it's, it's months, it's no weeks usually. Uh, right, we'll move on. Um, the presser today. Um, we'll come on to some good old negativity just shortly. Don't use worry regarding particular... Um, but regarding this particular presser anyway, there was a few comments made that me and Ryan had a wee discussion about before we before we came on to record. Um, Ali, I'll come to you. Transfers or lack of, depending on your, your position on it. Um, no interest in Tom Davies was confirmed. Um, he didn't rule out interest in Morgan Whitaker, who we will come on to and speak to speak about. And when asked about Cantwell, uh, and although he didn't actually say this directly about him, he said he's happy with him, things are how things are progressing. Um, he said he doesn't want any short-term fixes. It needs to be long-term. Are we being impatient? Is Bill just making sure he gets his right men in? Us as fans, we want the deals done in the 1st of January. And get them but all it's, in. It, is the, it is the 17th of January, <laughs> no, to be fair. <laughs> I know. And you need to remember that the, the January transfer window is a dodgy window to do deals yeah. in. A lot of clubs, that's why you see a lot of clubs doing their business in the last three, four hours of this window because they run it all the way up and these clubs that are kind of been playing poker with them go, 
right, we'll do the deal now then. This is what happens. Folk know we're in for Cantwell. So I can see it happening. There's, there's too much talk about it. I seen today in Twitter a, a couple of kind of guys on it, journalists saying that he's he's coming up to Glasgow for talks and that. So I can see it happening. It's just it's it's taking longer. Us as fans, we, we were all expecting this week. I mean, we're on what's today, Tuesday. We were we were expecting two signings this week. That's what he kind of told us. He was hoping two signings this week, and it might still happen. For all we know, tomorrow Thursday, the boy Cantwell and the boy Whitaker, who I know very little about. I know he's done well at Plymouth and loan, could be in the door <clears throat> by the time we go to McDermott Park on Saturday. And by then you'll be going, right, that's good going forward. But it's a dodgy window. I think we need to be patient. But you know, Carney, as I know, Rangers fans, including ourselves, we are not patient. But we're a lot of things, mate, but we're not patient. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think we need to be patient. And I. I I trust Michael Beale. I think they'll be in. I th- Cantwell, for me, I think it's not a shoe-in, but there's too much to talk about. I think he'll be in. I'll just need to see with the boy Whitaker, see what happens. Yeah, Scotia, um, you mentioned it as well. Um, so I'll com- come to you with us. Do we need another a forward or another striker even? Um, Beale at the presser today was asked if the forward position is a priority. Obviously, the Rangers been linked with Morgan Whitaker. He is at Swansea currently. He's a 22-year-old forward that could play any role within our front four, if you like, according to reports. He was on loan at Plymouth um, for the first half of the season. Nine goals, seven assists. Bill obviously mentioned the problems we've had with injuries, mate. Obviously, our injuries with strikers and the fact that we finished the season last season without a fit striker. Um, and the, the fact that there's no news on Kent O'Marello's contract situation. I, I have thought for a while um, we are going to need to do something because, and again, this is no disrespect to Kamar Roof, but we can't rely on him. Uh, and Morelos' form being up and down like a yo-yo, the uncertainty of his future... I've thought we we do we do need someone, but what's your thoughts on us being linked with Morgan Whitaker? Um, I don't know an awful lot about the boy, if I'm being honest. So, I, to me, it can it doesn't look like it's someone that's going to be able to come in and hit the ground running automatically. If I'm being brutally honest, just with the look of where he is in his kind of career development and things, I don't think he's going to be able to come in and replace you like say an Alfie or a Cholak um, for that. I could be completely wrong. Um, but that's just the impression I get. But I do. Th- I'm, ag- I'm with you. I think looking at the forward line, it's probably an area that we do need to strengthen. But in, uh, the worry that I've got, and I was speaking to club at 22 admin Jamie Lowe at the weekend about this, is <laughs> we kind of always tend to forget about the the FFP rules. And obviously, Rangers were flagged up as being Kenny on that close to the warning list for the FFP rules. And it doesn't help when you get players like Kent and Alfie. Sitting there, in particular, Alfie, who's had umpteen contract extensions while he's here, so his wages have been constantly going up and up and up. So I'm kind of over the past week, not even a week, half a week, I've been going like, Alfie, it's maybe time to let just let Alfie go because his contract, the wages that he's going to be on, are going to be such a big percentage of the, the, the sort of of all the players that can we afford to keep him in terms of meeting this FFP regulation stuff. But we de- I think we definitely do need a striker, and whether that's going to be Morgan Whitaker or not, I don't know. I was looking at it, I mean, obviously you've got Lovelace and Robbie Ewer down in the, the B team, but I think I don't think they're at a stage where they're ready to make that jump up to the first team and contribute. I mean, we've spoken before about how difficult it is for a 
a Rangers striker to come through the youth ranks and make an impression. It's not happened in a very, very long time. So um, I think it's potentially somewhere we need to look at. And I was having a wee think, and I've seen Kevin Nisbet's out of contract at the end of next season. He wouldn't be a player that I wouldn't mind going in for, if I'm being honest. Although Hibbs at the moment would probably want an absolute arm and a leg for him. But just obviously he's come, come back from injury and he's impressed me while he's, when he's been fit. Yeah, I I kind of get that argument. That's one that I've seen the link of with Kevin Lisbon. I thought, well, wouldn't it be the worst decision, really? Um, I think the boy would probably get get goals for us. Whether he, he, he fully fits, so in fact, he probably does fit because he can play anywhere, really, across that front three, can't he? Because he's got a bit of pace with him. So, uh, yeah, um, the Nisbet one, that's maybe a wee bit premature for us to be discussing um, him at this stage, but no, as a player like that is definitely what we'd be looking for. Um, right, Ryan, I'll come to you, mate. Um, a change in tone in the presser, in my opinion, uh, and a few contradictions were also made. Now, I know we get all the time that you are a negative podcast, right? <laughs> I'm well aware of that. I get that. Uh, but I do say how I see it and how I feel about things that are said, and whether Bill was trying to calm the clamour of new signings from fans or not, I do feel there was a change in tone today. Um, again, I understand I'm a, I'm grumpy, I'm grouchy, I've not been feeling very good. Um, but the, the main one for me, and he kind of went back on a few things as well that he'd said previously today, um, was he was asked about getting players in by the weekend. He said, he replied that there is no timeline on it. But by the end of the window, we will have done the business we want to do, or it will be the summer. But before long, you'll hear news on new, new signings. But he also said at the start of the presser, no news is good news. Now, as I said, I'm sorry. I know I've been ill and I'm back grouchy, but there is absolutely no way, shape or form in my mind, that Rangers can get through this transfer window without signing anyone, Ryan. I will, I'll not apologise for what I'm about to say because <laughs> it's telling the truth, mate. It's telling yeah. the truth. It's there was a big change in his kind of. I thought he was quite cocky last week. I was very surprised at how open he was in terms mm-hmm. of the transfers. I didn't know if he was trying to give us hope or he genuinely believed it or he mentioned a few things last week. And if if it doesn't materialise, he's going to look silly. And this is what I've been worried about about Bill coming in. I'm hoping it's just a kind of a mix-up or whatever, but he did say two players in next week. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see Premier League players. That's what he said. To me, that I take that as two Premier League players are signing this week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and say two Premier League players are not signing this week just after hearing his presser today. And I've got the exact thing noted down here, mate. As you said, it was, they asked him about players in by the weekend and he said, he doesn't want to put a time on it. I mean, that is a big change from I've done my work. I for going to be the morrow. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Which make, makes me think: Has he been a bit naive in terms of thinking that's the deal's done? Has someone else come in for these players? Has has he been naive because he's never probably been part of this side of things in terms of negotiations with players because he's always been the number two or the number three. So something's definitely changed and he has contradicted himself with a few things. I don't want this to come across as a, a direct criticism at Bill because, as I've said last week, I'm starting to really warm to him. He's saying the things that I want to hear. But what it does make me think is that 
the board again. Yeah, red red flag when you mention this board, but the board again are being reluctant to to to, to bring players in, or they've got their own ideas, or they're not there's something not being agreed between between Beale's plans and theirs. It could be as Scotia alluded to there about the financial fair play. There's just something you know when you see there's something not right. You, everybody knows when you get that feeling you smell a rat. And I just thought I was watching it, and I thought something's not right there. You've taken a, a change. You're not as, as cocky about these transfers now. And it worries me. It does worry me that, and it's easy to look at him saying, I've spoken to Premier League players and I want them coming next week, to then the same day being linked with a player. No disrespect, he could come up here and light it up, but a player who's playing him for Plymouth, Argyle, that's when you start thinking, have you got your list, but Ross Wilson's got his list, and that's, we've seen this before. We've seen it before under Gio and he was making the right noises about bringing players in who will improve the first 11. And we'll just need to strap ourselves in and hope that it doesn't materialise. But if we come to the end of the window and we have not signed players who improve that first 11, I'll be more than concerned. Ali, I think. Um, am I, are we reading too much into this? I mean, Ryan just being <laughs> that wee bit too negative. I don't know if you'd a chance to catch it, mate, but... I just got a feeling today. I was like, "Hang on, this isn't this, this isn't really the same as you were saying before." And look, I get look contract situations and contract negotiations. They are all very very complicated. There's all sorts of things that need to be sorted out. But even halfway through this window, I would like them to like them to still be saying, oh, "I'm confident that we're going to have players in." At the end of the window, but he mentioned the summer, and I was like, that straight away. I went, well, I've got, well, I don't care about the summer. We need, we need improvement now. I think he will. I think that man flu's got to the two of you. I think it has. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Staunch, staunch I'm points. Gonna, I'm going to bring some posit- positivity to number twenty-two, <laughs> the negative podcast here. Good, good. I fully expect. Two players to be in by the time we go to McDermott Park, whether they'll be in the bench or whether, but I, I expect Rangers to sign two players by the time we go to McDermott Park and start. Ali, Ali, two first teamers, two players who improve the first eleven is what he said. Is that what we're going to get? Uh, oh, no, I, don't, I don't work for Rangers, but from what I'm looking oh, at, oh no, it, oh you're back, from... <laughs> you back, you back yourself, double down. Double yeah, down. no, well. I... I'd expect Canwell to be in. I think it, there's too much noise about him. I'd expect him to be in. Will he improve our first team? 100%. I know he's not got a tune. And the boy Whitaker, I, I need to look at him. Nine goals, six assists, whatever it is for Plymouth. Plymouth are doing well in week one, I think they're in or something. Um, there's always been a few rough diamonds from those lower leagues that have come up to Scotland and done well. You say Gary Hooper at Celtic. We've Got Joe Rebo for Charlton's, and so you never know. Will he be a first team star at age of 22? I don't know. Will he improve our forward line? Probably, yeah, because we lack goals in the Rangers team at the moment. So, no, I'm positive, and like I say, I think we'll bring two players in by the time we go to McDermott Park on Saturday. Yeah, I'm not so confident after today, to be honest. Come back to the Friday. I know, that's just me though. Scotia, I mean Ryan just being Rangers Daz here. I'm not as confident as Ali is for bringing two players in. I potentially think we'll bring one in by by the weekend. 
But like you say, that's a 17 days into the transfer window now. And also take into consideration the fact that there was that four-week period with the World Cup where there should have been an awful lot of things getting looked at, in my opinion, um, at that point, to look to bring players in ready to start on for that old firm game, potentially, if you want to look at it that way. Um, But I think this is a wee bit of a combination of Bill Kenny figuring out the Rangers manager position and how you approach the press and things like that, that I think you'll see as time goes on, they'll rein it in a wee bit more. Because I think he did say, and I listened to the majority of the press conference today, and I think what I picked up was, it said that oh, when you spoke to me about Tom Davies last week, you caught me off guard. And then he was just, you know, speaking about Tom Davies as a player. And, you know, he's maybe getting, I mean, we're guilty of it all the time, particularly after like our post-match and stuff, where you'll say something and you're like, oh, actually, need to kind of, say more about that and explain my position a wee bit further so I think you're maybe seeing a wee bit of that we Bill but there is I like I like what Ryan was saying about we concern and warning signs that, that yeah there's not maybe going to be as much movement as we think because was it last week he came out and said that speaking about Sands and Tillman and he was saying like oh I don't really know where we are in terms of being able to afford both of them on the kind of the transfer fees that they've got on those option to buy loans and um, so I do think that he's he's reining it in a wee bit, and I think maybe as fans we need to rein in our expectations of just how much activity there's actually going to be in the remaining what two weeks of the transfer window. Yeah, I do think that as well, and also we're used to having loan signings and stuff, whereas I don't think Bill's going to do that, which I commend him for. I genuinely do. Looking at the future's good. We don't need short-term fixes. I agree with that. We need we need players that are going to improve this squad in the long haul. Um, so yeah, maybe it's just a wee backlash with my my recent illness that I've had. But yeah, today I was just like, hang on, <laughs> that's not what you were saying before. And you're right, he probably is. Maybe he has been told, look, go in and put all your cards on the table straight away like give us half a chance here um there's a possibility there's something in that anyway uh we'll move on gentlemen uh we'll move on to the commander preview um plastic pitch and Derek McInnes football, what is not to look forward to about that lineup? Uh, so we take on Kilmarnock uh, at Rugby Park Wednesday night, kickoff 8 pm. The uh, one defeat and nine at home for Kilmarnock. Um, uh, uh, that's where they are just now, anyway. And however, they, they are 11th in the league, and to say they've had mixed run of results, to say the least, obviously they get beat 2 0 by Celtic. In the League Cup fight, uh, the League Cup semi final on Saturday. Um, squad update, Ali, I'll come to you. Um, Lawrence has suffered a setback, no timeline, full of fear with that comment, mate. Absolutely went straight through my whole body when he said that. I was like, brilliant. Uh, Cholak won't be rushed on that pitch, which is fair enough. Should be back for Saturday and roof out. He did mention in the pressure he'll be making some rotation due to the pitch and uh, we're coming off 120 minutes on a, a ploughed field at Hamden, mate. So, your thoughts ahead of the commander game, mate? And he also mentioned Matondo, Carney, which he left out there, who's been... Did he? Who's, uh, apparently he's been injured for the last couple of weeks. That's why he's not been on the bench, um, eh? I don't, I don't even hear it. <laughs> as soon as yeah. I hear his name, I just shut off, mate. Oh, you been yeah, injured, which, kind of, which, which kind of, we've had a laugh and a joke that he can't get in that bench, but he's actually been injured, so that's how he can't get yeah. in the bench. So I apologise, Rabbi, for slagging you off. Um, but I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> for the record, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, come on. I, I didn't watch the game, the Celtic uh, come on at game, and I, I know Ryan did, but from what I've read about it, I think Kilmarnock were unlucky in the game. They had a few good chances, should have had a penalty. 
Kyle Lafferty's back for them after his 10-match ban, whatever it was. I know that was his first game back there, but he, he's back, the plastic pitch. I was surprised by that start, that they've only been beaten once in nine games at, at their home ground, and it was off uh, Livingston. So there's a, Livingston. A, another team that plays on a plastic pitch. So it's always tough up at, in Rugby Park. I mean, we rarely go up there and do Kilmarnock in recent years. It's it's always by a goal or something up there. It's it's, it's always a tricky ground to go to. But we should be going there expecting to beat Kilmarnock convincingly tomorrow. They're one of these teams that we we talk about, Carney, your hibs, your hearts. You throw them in there, it's it's like, oh, God, it's Kilmarnock. But we shouldn't be thinking that way. We should be going up there positive and taking a game to Kilmarnock. And, yeah, I, I, we should do it. With the players we've got, regardless of injuries, we should be going up to Rugby Park tomorrow night and, and taking care of Kilmarnock. Yeah, I think so. Uh, while you're at it, mate, give me your team and your score. Oof. McLaughlin will come back in. Tav, Goldson, Davies, Ryan's pal Barisic. Um, I agree. I don't think Ryan Jack will play in the plastic pitch. It'll be Lundstrom, Kamara will come back in. Tillman. I did think will he drop Ryan Kent. I think he can drop Ryan Kent. Ryan Kent. Morelos for the middle, because that's all we've got. And um, the man for Zambia. So two changes for me. And you want a score, score as well? Go for a score as well, yeah. <clears throat> well, I feel no doubt ship a goal. We'll just do. I'll 3 1 Rangers again. Ryan Kent, first goal score. That's fair enough. Um, Scotia, your thoughts ahead of the game? Um, and the Euro, do we fear the fact that Lawrence doesn't have a timeline yet? <laughs> oh, it was, it's always bound to happen, wasn't it? I mean, we've, we've had some decent injury news in terms of players getting back recently, you know, your likes of Suter and Hadji. So it was going to bound to happen with at least one of them, but it would be on, oh, he's had a setback. Um, it's never good when you hear the word setback because you're not given any information on how bad that setback's going to be. So, I mean, we could be looking what, to the tail end of my, back end of March before we maybe see Lawrence back in the squad. So um it kinda it reiterates maybe the need the need to freshen up that midfield during this window as well. If he's going to be out for a lengthier period than we expected. But um no like Ali was saying there about Kelly, it's I don't like Kelly particularly at this time of the year going down to Rugby Park. I think it was about what, three or four years ago where it was the season where we just start our, had our utter collapse down at Rugby Park and it was like, oh no, done so well for the six months up to up to the winter break and then we came back against It was Billy. Defoe's debut at the Scotia. Was it? Uh, Jermaine Defoe, he scored the first goal and we could beat 2-1 uh, off Jordan Jones who signed right. a pre-contract with us. So. Yeah, so it was, so it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was, I mean, it was almost uh, probably probably about three or four years to the day when we kind of played that game as well. Um, but no, but you, I mean, you look where Kelly are sitting in League 11th They've not been great in the league, but you mentioned that stat that they've only been defeated once at home in the last nine games. And that was against, I know Beale made a point of making that that was against Livy, the other team that play on a on a plastic pitch. But I do think the plastic, as much as we maligned the um, Kelly Park when they were in the, the league a couple of seasons ago for being terrible, I think it will be an improvement on the pitch uh, on Saturday or Sunday there. Um, but I'm hoping we can go out and get the job done um, and convincingly get the job done. Um, I'd like to think we do. I think we've got enough quality throughout the team, even with rotations, that we should. One of the things I noticed as well, obviously, Kelly kind of play. I didn't watch their game, but they play like a sort of 3 5 2 5 3 2 kind of formation. And one of the really good things that 
we don't probably don't mention enough is the fact that Lewis Mayo he's obviously out on loan from us there, and he's played like twenty four or twenty five games this season for them. So they're going yeah. to have to do a wee bit of rotation at the back for because he's obviously ineligible to play. So that's always good because we've not made use of that Kenny, you know, sending players out on loan to Scottish Premiership teams and taking advantage of that. So um, now I'm going at the game feeling fairly comfortable and I think we should do well. Do you want my team and my score yes. as well? Yes. So similar to Ali, I think I'm making three changes from the weekend. I'm going with McLaughlin and goals, Dav Goldson, Davies and Borna at the back, midfield Lundstrom, Kamara and Scott Arfield. And then Morelos, Kent, and I think you might see Scott Wright come in. Play Scott Wright. Um, and I'll go for 3 0 Rangers with an Arfield first goal scorer. Fair enough. Um, quickly, my team, I think it will be McLaughlin, Tav, Golden, Davies, Barisic, Sands, Kamara. I would love to say Lowry, but I think he'll play Tillman. Uh, and Kent Morelos, and I agree, I think you might see Scott Wright um, get a game, give Sakala a rest, because he has mentioned rotation quite a lot. Uh, and we, 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 we did briefly speak about Lundstrom, but we've been saying it for weeks, he needs a rest at the team, he needs a wee bit of time away from the team um, to get his form back to where it needs to be. So I'll go with that team. Uh, I'll go 2-0 Rangers and Ryan Kent to score the first. Um I was going to put Arfield in as well, but I prefer Arfield when he comes off the bench. When I see him start, I'm like, oh, just make him come off the bench. It's what he's for. Um, Ryan, your thoughts ahead of it, mate, and your your team and your score? Yeah, like, like I said, I watched Kilmarnock on Saturday and they, they did play well against them. Um, because the different scores, they got, they got close to them. They got close to them and not put the boot in, but they just made it difficult for Celtic on that, on that pitch and I thought they played really well, Commander. They were unlucky not to get something from it. And obviously, I think there was some sort of uh, uh, VAR decision that didn't happen for them at the end of it. But hey ho, it's a conspiracy. Um, <laughs> I think I think Rangers this season, I want to see from now to end of the season, is going to these places and winning. We need to get rid of this fear factor of, I think it was Ali that said about, oh, we'll look at Kilmarnock as one of those grounds. It needs to stop as a support and the team. I've said this before. We need to start thinking we're going there and running, and that's what we need to do tomorrow. And I think they will. So, anybody that's put in a negative comment by now, I hope you've listened to the end of this because I think Rangers are going to play well for both halves tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Oh. Um, Kamara will replace Jack. Lundstrom will play. And so, because after what Bill said in his press conference, was another thing that I was puzzled at. He said, I'm trying to keep a consistent bunch of players playing every week so that there's a a backbone to the team and Lundstrom was mentioned as well and I thought okay so he's undroppable as well that's what I took from that he's undroppable so I think Lundstrom will play I think Scott Wright will play on the right because of how he played I don't think I think you've got to give him a game tomorrow night because of how he played he earned, he earned a spot even though we know he's an impact player he deserves a, he deserves a start tomorrow night um, and I am going to go for 3-1 Rangers as well and I'm going to go Tavernier penalty yeah, I did think about that as well. I thought it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so let's hope we get uh, a decent performance in both halves and we don't need to wait until nine o'clock tomorrow night before Rangers start to play a bit of football. So that'll do us for tonight. Gentlemen, Ali, thank you very much, mate. No problem. I'll see you, I'll see you tomorrow night for a post-match.
for a post match. Yeah, Scotia, cheers, mate. Hi, thank you, guys. That was enjoyable. And Ryan, thanks very much, mate. Get get better soon, man. <laughs> yeah, you too, babes. You too, right? Thank you, mate. <laughs> cheers. Enjoy your night. <laughs> Yeah, as always, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, that would be great. And whatever you listen to us, if you drop us a wee five-star rating, that would be very much appreciated as well. We will be back tomorrow night, hopefully to discuss another three points for Rangers. We are Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. Cheers, everyone.